if there was a way for me to go back and talk to myself 20 years ago when I started sales and give myself this list of 10 things to focus on and 10 things to work on over 20 years, this is the list that I would have started with. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. I'm coming to you live from my studio. I figured today I'd put together an episode for you of the top items I've learned while I've been in sales for the last 20 years. Probably the most important thing that I've figured out is it's you against you first. It's not you against the rest of the world of sales. It's you against you first. It's what you believe. It's it's how you feel about your sales process. One of the things for you to recognize is it's not you against 100% of the sales force out there. You sell widgets or gizmos and there's a hundred salespeople. It's not you against a hundred of those people. It's you against maybe 20, probably closer to 15. When you take a look at 80, 20 sales and you figure out how those numbers work, you're going to find that you're, you're really dealing with top salespeople. The bottom salespeople can always be beat in conversation and presentation. If you know how to put in the work, you know how to put in the effort. But here's the thing. Most people don't and they never will because they won't put in the work and they won't put in the effort. Two, it's not a sales call, it's a performance. And if you look at any band, you look at any professional sports team, you look at people who do performances, they practice. And they don't just practice like a little bit. They play how they practice and they practice how they play. And they put in the work, they put in the effort. All too often, I see salespeople when I write along with them that they just mail it in. They're just like, you know, I, I kind of want this deal. It's not that big of a deal if I lose it. I've got enough money on my paycheck coming up. I've made enough money in the last couple of months. I've got enough in savings. They don't take their sales call seriously. And, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, you're going to run that call. It's not going to take you that much more effort to be that much more better than the weak salesperson who's coming out. Because remember, it's not you against everybody else in sales. It's you against you first. And then maybe the 20 other 20% of the other people that you're dealing with, the 15 to 20%. You know, when, when you take a look at what's going on and you treat your sales call like it's a performance, you act differently on the call and your buyer feels it. They know. They know exactly that your, your intention. You know, people want to think that like, oh, you can't see through me. Oh, everybody sees through you. Everybody sees through me. I'm not, I'm not immune to this. I'm not impervious to this. Three, when salespeople struggle, they speed up the sales process. That's just how it is. 90% of the time, salespeople speed up the sales process. 10% of the time, they slow it down to a crawl and that causes problems. If you're going through your sales presentation and you're struggling, there's certain marks that you have to hit. There's certain things that you have to do for whatever way you give your presentation. But here's the normal process. Salesperson goes, I'm struggling. I don't have money. I'm going to speed through the sales process. I'm going to cut out elements so that I could get to the close so that I can make the person buy. But because you didn't do your job and the person doesn't understand what they're buying, what happens is they're like, well, I don't really understand. And so for you as a salesperson, you give discounts. And because you give discounts and you really didn't overcome the objection, the person has regret after they make the decision to buy and they complain and they're a thorn in your side after the deal is done. And you're like, why is this happening? 
It's because you sped through the presentation and you didn't do everything you needed to do. You know, this goes back to, it's not a sales call, it's a performance. There's things that you got to do in the world of sales that other people are not willing to do. Four, you have to pay for your own sales training and your own coaching. Nobody's coming to save you. You know, if by chance you work for a good organization and they bring in coaches, they bring in mentors, they bring in trainers, look at that as an added benefit. You know, I give this stat a lot. I would love to find attribution for this because it's it's an old number. And I started hearing about this, I want to say in 2006, 2007. And so if you know the attribution to this, you know where the source came from, you know, shoot me a note. I, I would love and I'll, I'll give you credit in an episode of saying, hey, look, this guy or this girl found me this note, but I've Googled it and I can't find where this study comes from. But let's just say the study is true, that the average salesperson doesn't spend more than 20 bucks a year on their own uh, training. So, you know, a good hardbound book is $26. Uh, a good training book is probably 15 to 20. And so if you take a look at that, that means that that person's reading one book a year. All you got to do is read 12 books a year and you're 120 times better than them. The Audible uh, right now, if you go to Amazon and you buy an Audible credit monthly, they're about, let's say, 13 bucks, 14 bucks. Like by you listening to two books in one year, you're already 100% better than the other person because they haven't done anything. And so, you know, you do have to pay for your own coaching. You have to pay for your own training. You know, you may look online and find like, oh, I found I found some training. And it's 100 bucks. Should I buy it? Yeah. And like, well, what if it's not good and I don't get anything from it? Then go buy another thing and, and get something good from that. Hey, Scott, I found some training. It's $497. Should I buy it? You know, is it going to hurt you? Can you pay your bills? Buy it. I mean, there's going to be something you could pull from it. I want to say in 2008, 2009, I bought a guy's training and it wasn't inexpensive. And, you know, the guy sent out an email and said, hey, this isn't going to go anywhere else. The first 20 people who buy it, uh, they get it. And so like, I, oh, and I really don't want to spend 800 bucks on training. And I bought it. I bought this training. And then two weeks later, this guy sends out an email saying, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll send you out the videos and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the audios as download, but I won't give you the hard copies. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is the same exact training that I just dropped 800 bucks for and you're selling it for $67. Like sometimes this type of stuff goes on. So I emailed the guy and I got my money back. I wasn't happy. You know, um, the guy had some okay pro training in there. He had some okay processes. He had one or two word tracks that I could pick up. But I'll tell you, those one or two word tracks that I picked up made me way more than the the 80 bucks that I spent because he, he deducted the difference. And I'm fine with that. You know, so, but you do have to buy your own coaching and training and sometimes it's going to fail. That's what I want to tell you. Sometimes you're going to invest some money and you're going to be like, it didn't work. Okay. That's part of life. There is risk in the investment. Five, you sell how you buy, you buy how you sell. And this is something, you know, I've been writing with salespeople since 2006, full-time since 2010. So for those four years, I would write with people and I'd take notes and I'd ask questions. You know, one of the things that I figured out early on is how somebody bought was how they sold. You know, I've got a video in, I think, 2010 where I'm in a car, like stupidly driving with the, the video rolling. Like, I think a lot of people did that in 2010, have not done it since. Uh, it was a dumb thing to do. But, you know, I was talking about people sell how they buy and people buy how they sell. The real thing came from me working with salespeople and trying to figure out why they would deduct price so quick, why they would go after features so quick. Like, you, you know, you got to go into a sales presentation as a Blake Slate. And if you buy how you sell and you sell, sell how you buy, you don't know that until somebody points it out to you. You won't recognize this. I presented on this, I want to say 
2014, 2015 at Kevin Hogan Influence Boot Camp. And I had a couple of people come up to me and like, I understand now why I've got objections. I understand now why I've had problems is because, you know, my buying style and my selling style don't match up with everybody else's. I am a bells and whistles guy. I love having bells and whistles. Even if I never use them, I like knowing that I have the flexibility of going, I could hit that button and something cool would happen. You know, I'll make it happen. I remember when I was... 18 years old. I graduated high school in 1994. Alpine was the the deck that you had to have if you had a car stereo. And uh, they had a deck. It was um, an Alpine 7817. And they had a 7816. And it just didn't have all the features and the, the cool benefits. The, the deck didn't change colors. And I think I spent 250 bucks extra to get the better version of the Alpine deck just for one feature that I never, ever used. But gosh darn it, I had it. Six. Deep down inside, buyers want to know that they're going to get taken care of and you're going to do the right thing for them. And if you ever uh, manipulate a buyer emotionally and you cause problems for them and you don't take care of it, I mean, the scorn is on you. That's a that's a bad on your part. And that will catch up with you. And, and, you know, you might be able to avoid it for a while, but we're in a digital age. Someone was going to find you. The buyer wants to know that you're going to get taken care of, that they got a good product, that they, they didn't get burned. Seven. At some point in business, you're going to get burned. <laughs> Talking about buyers getting having problems, but there's going to be a point where you make a deal with a company, with an organization, uh, with a buyer, and things fall through. You're going to get cheated. You're going to get st uh, stolen from. You're going to get robbed. There's a copywriter named John Carlton, brilliant, brilliant guy. And in the copywriting world, he says, you're not a real copywriter until you've been ripped off or until your, your client doesn't pay you. And he says, after those two conditions or after one of those conditions is met, then you're a real copywriter. And I'm going to say in business, this is true too. You know, you're not a real salesperson until you get burned. You're not a real salesperson until you get cheated. You know, you can't stop this. And the bigger and the more amount of deals you do, the bigger risk you have. You know, it's, it's just the law of statistics says you're going to make a bad decision. A bad decision is going to get made on the part of somebody selling to you or buying from you. And, and you're, going to, you're going to get ripped off. You're going to get cheated from. You're going to get lied to. Someone's going to steal money from you, commissions from you, uh, intellectual property from you. Whatever is going to fill in that blank, it's going to happen. And you can't stop it from happening. And so what will happen is I see salespeople get so caught up in this and they, they want to protect themselves so much that they're not ever going to get hurt that they never go do anything. I'll go to events and there will be times where people will come up and they'll say, I've got this idea and it'll be a hot seat. And the person in the front room will say, tell me your idea. They're like, well, I don't want to say it in front of everybody else. And so they go through all these hypotheticals and all these issues. And real deal is nothing ever really happens with that content because they're so worried about it getting ripped off. It never gets anything done. Like some of the content that I put out on YouTube and then on my podcast, people are like, dude, you should pay for that. Someone's going to rip you off. I'm like, I got more. I got plenty more where that came from. Like, uh, you can't outwork me. You can only underbid me. It's one of my favorite things to say, you know, uh, this, this last 20 years of me putting information together in the world of sales and business. I don't, I don't see somebody up, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, reading books, shooting videos, making content, like, go ahead, try. You can't outwork me. You can only underbid me. And so you, you, when you adapt this belief in your world of sales, like you got to know that you're going to get hurt. You're going to get ripped off. You got to rub off the boo-boo. You just got to rub some dirt on whatever is going on and keep going and continuing because the more you get caught up in those feelings and those emotions, the more that it holds you down. Eight, you're going to lose friends over your skills. There's going to be a point in time where people get jealous. There's going to be a point in time where people are like, eh, I don't like you anymore. And what it is, is you've developed your skills enough to change. 
you've put in the time, you've put in the effort, you've put in the work and the people around you haven't. And you're going to be like, Hey, it's time for me to elevate. And they're going to do everything they can to pull you down and drag you down. Because what happens is deep down inside for them, you're making them look bad. You're putting in the work, you're putting in the effort and they're not. And because of that, they have this huge fear that you're going to point them out as being a fraudulent salesperson. And, and they really are. But here's the benefit. You're going to make new friends. You're going to find amazing people. You're going to level up. You're going to find people that you belong being around. You're going to find people who scare you. You're going to find, and, and like not in a bad way, but because of their skills, because of their talents, because of their capabilities, because of their knowledge, because of their connections, because of, of what they've done in their life. That's a good position to be in. That's an amazing position to be in. When you're like, I just lost all of these weak friends that have nothing going on and I've leveled up and I found people who, who are doing more and doing better. Oh my goodness. Gut check time. You may have the stomach ache, but at the end of the day, it's really a good position for you. And, and like you've put in time, effort, and energy in some of these friends and like they've turned on you. They've said bad things behind your back, you know, and it's going to happen. You know, there, there's been people that I've thought were my friends that they couldn't celebrate my victories. And because they couldn't celebrate my victories, they did everything they could to break me down behind the scenes. Joke's on them. They're still doing the same thing that they were doing a long time ago, and they haven't really done anything with their life. Nine, the riches are in the lists. Like if, if you are paying attention to technology right now, there's this thing called the first list. And so like, let's say that you go to sign up for a service and people are like, what's your birthday? What's your name? What's your address? What month were you born? What size of shoe do you wear? What they're doing is they're building a profile on you. And the people who have the most amount of accesses to a list, the, the easier it is for them to make money. You could buy a list when you could cultivate your own list that people know you and like you and trust you. That's, that's way better. You know, that means that you could get referrals. That means you could get testimonials. And these are things that you should be focused on. Everybody else is like, hey, what happened on the game? You could get the highlights. You could, you could check it out. Like, I do not really watch professional sports. But wait, wait a minute. I got I to gotta, I gotta correct that. Big Wave Surfing, North Shore of Oahu, uh, Teahapu, uh, J-Bay, <laughs> naming off all the, the big points. Uh, Portugal's got a big giant wave that just was breaking. There's Jaws on Maui. Like, I love Big Wave Surfing. Okay. And, uh, two women's beach volleyball, go team Brazil. Those are two sports that I'm like, Hey, what's going on in that sporting world. But at the same time, I don't sit around and watch the whole event. I'll get the highlights. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't really have time to check all that out. I got things going on, you know, just because I didn't catch it live. Doesn't mean that I can't be excited during the highlights. And I didn't have to sit through a million commercials. You can spend time building lists and getting referrals and testimonials. And these are the things that that'll really help you out. You're building a product and you're like, man, I really wish I could overcome this objection. I'm going to tell you the one thing that most people don't really pay attention to that they should, that I learned in the world of copywriting is if you've got an objection, you should have five, 10 or 15 testimonials that overcome that objection. Oh, your price is too high. Well, listen to what Bob Smith had to say. Bob Smith had to say, I would gladly pay a hundred times more than what I paid Scott Sylvan Bell for training because it was well worth it for me. Oh, that overcomes a price objection. Oh, you got to think about it. I'm so glad that I, I listened to Scott and I got the training that I did. I would have missed out on sales had I not listened to him, right? Like you, you, uh, find, Someone who's going to give you a, a testimonial and you match it up to the objection. And if you look at top marketers, they do this a lot. 10, make sure your reputation is clean. Now, this one's going to sound like I'm preaching to you and I'm not, but there's been plenty of times where I've seen salespeople make one bad decision and then that one bad decision led to another bad decision. 
because like the first time they did it, they didn't get caught. They didn't have issues. And because they didn't have issues, they got so far off the mark. And when you watch like the television shows where they bring somebody in and they're like, what happened? They're like, it all began on a Wednesday night. They can always pinpoint the problem that they did. I, I, I went and I did this one thing and I, because I didn't get caught, I decided to do it again. Now I'm going to give you an example of my own personal life. And I'm going to be very nonspecific about this on purpose. At one point, somebody came to me and said, I want to do a deal with you. And it would have been ridiculous money ridiculous, but something didn't feel right about it. Like the numbers didn't add up. My stomach went, eh, something's wrong here. So I, I uh, decided not to to join in the adventure. And a lot of bad things happened to the people who got involved because like there was things that were being done that should not have been done. And once again, please understand, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm just saying, hey, look, in this day and age, it's a digital footprint someone can find you. They could Google your name and they could find out whatever they want about you. And if you've done some uh, shady things or been caught up in shenanigans, it, it can it can cause you some problems. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.